Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey friend, I'm Nicole Walters, mom of three, your internet bestie and founder of Inherit Learning Company. If you're looking for the motivation you need to pursue a life of purpose, then join me each week on the Nicole Walters podcast as I share my hard-learned lessons and answer your DMs about life, business, and everything in between. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll grant ourselves grace as we do life together. Check out the Nicole Walters podcast every Tuesday here on Dear Media. You can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Real Pod. It's your host, Victoria Garrick, and this is the podcast where we hold nothing back. Oh, so we're getting deep, huh? I really cried for 12 days straight. Why do I want to be perfect? There's nothing in my life that is perfect. Every week, I'll bring you honest, unfiltered, and eye-opening conversations to help uncover the real in all of us. I crave the type of content that you're talking about. I actually felt insecure. Oh my God, am I going to cry? Let me just unload everything. (laughs) (laughs) New episodes every Wednesday. Leave those filters at the door because it's time to get real. Welcome back to Real Pod, everyone. Hope you had a lovely weekend, a lovely start to your week. Are we all recovering from eras? Are we? I don't really know if I am. I keep consuming the content like just on a repeat. And then I'm like, Victoria, don't split it for yourself because you know you don't want to see every little detail. But then I'm like, yes, I do. And then I'm up at 2 a.m. Googling, how did she dive underneath the stage? I mean, there couldn't have been a pool under there because she'd be soaking wet. And that wasn't possible with the quick change. I mean, but how did she do that? I mean, I I just, I need to know. Those are the secrets of the world that I need to know. Anyways, <laughs> my point was just, how are you doing at the start of this week? Safe to say I'm doing well. And I'm excited about today's conversation because this has been a long time coming. Last year during my bridal season, RIP, I did a brides article with three other fantastic brides. And the point of the article was to really showcase what it means to be a bride today and what it means to look like a bride. And does it even mean anything, right? A bride is just someone getting married. And we were trying to push past the classic stereotypes and standards of what a bride should look like. And one of the amazing women, a part of this article was today's guest, Josie Scott. Now I came in contact with Josie when I reached out on Instagram and said, are there any brides with disabilities who want to be a part of this campaign? Josie responded immediately. I checked out her page. We had a little conversation and I thought this girl is awesome. Since then, we've stayed in touch. 
And then both realized it was time to hear Josie's story. Josie was in a plane accident with her family that left her paralyzed from a spinal cord injury. We're going to get to hear Josie's perspective today, how she's navigated the ups and downs of her journey, and just learn more from her experience. Josie is also a roulette, so she is a dancer. You should check out the roulettes on Instagram. They are amazing. It's all women in wheelchairs who are doing these amazing moves. Josie was also in musical theater. She sings. She dances. She's a content creator now. She's a triple threat, okay? And she is letting nothing stop her from accomplishing her dreams. Before we get started, I want to give a shout out to KS. What's up, KS? Left a five-star review, said RealPod is by far my favorite podcast. It lets me unapologetically love myself and feel empowered to be a woman. I love all the deep conversations and different ways to view things and how mostly it's really real. KS, thank you. This means the world. We try to keep it really real. I mean, that is the point of the show. Can't be calling yourself RealPod and not be getting real. Am I right? Thank you to each and every one of you who listen. If you do leave us a review, you could be the special shout out on next week's episode. So do that. I mean, wouldn't that be fun? I'll shout you out. And if not, just leave a rating. Leave a rating wherever you listen. All that stuff really helps our real pod. We appreciate it. Without further ado, let's get started and dive into this conversation with Josie Scott. Josie and I have been sitting here like, trying to steal our lips shut because we have so much to talk about, right? Yeah, literally. <laughs> Thank you for coming on RealPod. I was so touched when you texted me and said you wanted to come on the show and share your story because that's just so flattering. I think, you know, as a podcast host and then having a friend and a fellow creator who's like, I vibe what you're doing and I would be down to come on and get real. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. We were catching up on Married Life. We both had like similar wedding timelines. We did the Mm -hmm. bride shoot together, which is how we met. And then ever since we shared the same wedding day content creator or content specialist. And now I feel like we have such similar like wedding trajectories. Maybe we'll get pregnant at the same time. I'm kidding. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) How long have you guys been together? So we got together our junior year of high school. Wow. And so it's been seven years since then. Oh, my gosh. High school sweethearts. Yes. <laughs> that is everything. I love that. So he's been with you through a lot. Mm-hmm. Through everything. Wow. Sometimes when people have been through traumatic experiences in life, they can lean towards wanting to share that story and then wanting to maybe like move past that, not have it define them. I've had a variety of awesome guests on this podcast who've you know, been through traumatic experiences and it's kind of depends on the person, like what their approach is. I'm just wondering, you know, what it is that draws you to feeling so open. Yeah, I think it was kind of something that just developed over time because when I had my accident, we wanted to put a lid on it right away because we got into our accident in a different state and not a lot of people knew a lot of the details So I remember everybody just wanted to keep it really private. And I'm thankful for that because then I got to kind of share what was going on with me in my own way instead of the news kind of blowing it up. Mainly why I want to share my story is because I want to help people that are going through maybe not the same thing, but a similar thing, like a a life-altering injury is something that is really hard to come to terms with at any point in your life. And... I want people to see that, you know, it doesn't have to define you. It can propel you in a different direction that you may never have even thought you would go, Mm -hmm. which I think is true for me. And I just want people to know that your life can still take a great path and can have 
a better meaning than maybe you thought you would have. So let's take it back to the accident day. Was this 2020? 2019. Okay, but just before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And what was this day like? What was your morning like? I actually remember this morning very clearly. I went to work in the morning. I worked as a receptionist in my mom's office. And I left in the morning because we were planning to go pick up my sister from Rhode Island. And so I picked up my brother from home and we went to get Chipotle for the family. <laughs> Love that bowl burrito lunch. salad. So I picked up the Chipotle and then we went to my dad's hangar where he was like getting the plane ready. So your dad's a pilot? Yes. So he's actually a doctor, but he got his pilot's license probably 25, 30 years ago. So I grew up flying with him my whole life. And I never had any reason to be like afraid when he was flying just because it was it was like riding the car with him. And so we got in the plane and, you know, everything was normal. I'm scarfing down the Chipotle. I'm writing an <laughs> essay for my summer class. And I think I took a nap or something. And then I remember like we were circling for a while and that didn't feel normal because we were just kind of going in circles. And then my dad was like turning around, talking to my mom. My brother was in the front with him and my mom and I were in the back. So he was like talking to my mom and I could sense a little bit of like stress. But I was like, you know, it's, it's going to be fine. And then he turned around and he was like, we're going to have to land. We're running out of gas and it might be a little bit bumpy. So then I was like, OK. So I kind of like took a deep breath, prepared myself. I wasn't like crazy anxious, but I was starting to get a little stressed. And then I remember we were like approaching the runway and my dad could tell that we were going to be short of the runway. And so he turned the plane towards this like brushy, bushy area. And we kind of like bounced a few times in there and skidded. And then we like landed halfway in this like bush. So definitely not how I thought my morning would go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of how the that accident happened. And then yeah. did you anyone lose consciousness during this landing? So my dad did. He had a traumatic brain injury and he's made a full recovery. So initially it looked like he was going to be the worst injury. And then when I went to stand up to get out of the plane, I couldn't. Does your mom, who's conscious, start panicking in this moment? Yes. She was pretty calm until I told her I couldn't move my legs. And I think that was when the panic really set in for her because her husband was unconscious and bleeding in the front seat. And then her daughter saying, I came with my legs, I came with my legs. And I think then my mom and my brother really started to panic. So I've known you for a little bit now and I can tell your personality. You seem very calm, collected. It'd be hard for me to think of you, Josie Scott, like raising your voice because you're so chill. You know, you have this beautiful aura in this situation. Did you lean towards like survival mode of like deep breaths, like keep my shit together, we'll figure it out? Or were you screaming and starting to cry? I was completely calm. Like I think my brain just shut off any emotion. I was pretty calm the whole time considering. Like I like I said, I we just put a lid on it. And I think that's kind of how I've grown up my whole life is just putting a lid on things. When you say we, I getting a sense it's everyone else put a lid on it and you just followed suit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So my mom is a very like she can take control, take charge. So then she's she surprisingly had her phone. She's the only one who had her phone. So she called 911 
And they couldn't find us for a while because we were like hidden in the bushes and we were like far away from the road. So my poor brother's in the front seat, like holding a towel on my dad's head. And and I was just sitting in the back, just waiting for the paramedics. I don't know how long we were waiting. I think it was maybe about 15 or 20 minutes, but it felt like forever. And that did you were you guys sitting there thinking you had lost your dad? I I didn't even let myself go there. Honestly, I I don't even remember having a thought in my head. Mm -hmm. I think I just completely shut down and was in like preservation mode. Upon getting to the hospital, were you rushed straight off to what I would imagine is scans, x-rays, surgery? How where did each person go upon getting to the emergency room? So we each went to different hospitals. My dad, me and my brother, they life flighted my dad to a level one trauma center. They took me to a level two and they took my brother somewhere else. He had some like contusions and bruises and stuff. So then they looked at my mom and they said, where do you want to go? Oh, my gosh. I was just thinking about your mom's choice right now. Mm -hmm. Where did she go? She went with me. Oh, so sweet. And she always said to me, like, dad would have wanted me to go with you. Mm -hmm. And so she came with me and I went and was examined. The neurologist came in and went to the x-rays and CAT scans. And after that, my memory gets a little fuzzy because they started like pumping me with like morphine and stuff. But I do remember coming back to Alex. I remember asking a nurse, like, can I call my boyfriend? Because I haven't let him know like what's happening. And I don't know if at that point he had gotten the call from my sister or not. But I remember like I called him and I don't remember what I said, but I was like, I have to call him. And and do you remember his reaction? I think he was pretty he was pretty calm. Poor guy had to go to work. He went to work that day. I think he was just trying to hold it together, even though Mm -hmm. I'm sure on the inside he was just so scared. When do you start to kind of snap back in and your brain starts to turn on? It took a while, honestly. I I went into surgery that night. It was like a seven hour surgery to repair the fracture in my in my back and control the internal bleeding I had. And I think I was kind of really out of it for like four days just because of like the anesthesia Mm -hmm. and all of that. And so I I think like four or five days later, one of the first things I remember is asking the doctor, will I walk again? And he looked at me and he was like, I don't know. Mm. And I think that moment was like shattering for me. And I was like, well, I can still try. Right. And he was like, yeah, we just don't know. We can't tell you for sure. And that was really hard, mm-hmm. really hard to come to terms with. OK, I had to take a quick break to tell you about this because I am so excited that the world that you all now have access to something as amazing as Way. Way is a mindful eating app that helps people find peace in their relationships with food and their body. I have literally been waiting for someone to come out with something like this because it is so, so needed. Way does this through helping you listen to your body using a combination of intuitive nutrition and behavior science in a simple and thought-provoking experience from three pathways. It's body feels, emotional eats, and mindful shifts. Way creates a safe, non-judgmental environment immediately. So you never step on a scale, you never count a calorie, and Way never tells you what to do. It's the opposite of a restrictive diet. 
You guys know how seriously I take all of this. I would not promote it if I didn't think it was fabulous. I looked into it myself. There are some amazing professionals in this field who I even had on this podcast who are supporters of Way and working with Way. They are truly trying to make that change that we all want to see. And I know how hard it is to make the shift towards mindful eating and intuitive eating. But now you have Way to help you. For a limited time only, when you visit eatmyway.com, you will receive 30% off your subscription and a one-week free trial. That's only $6.99 a month for Way to help you find more peace in your relationship with food and your body. That's eatmyway.com, E-A-T-M-Y-W-A-Y.com to get 30% off and a one-week free trial for a limited time. Max and I recently went skiing and I didn't have any ski goggles. It had been forever since I went skiing and I immediately thought, I'm going to go to Gooder. They sponsor the podcast. They have tons of sunglass options. They're always so cute, trendy, and affordable. And I found a pair that I loved. They are the Snow G snow goggles. They have the bright pink strap with a flower print and they had two interchangeable lenses. If you saw the picture of me, I wore the yellow translucent lenses on the mountain because I wanted my eyes to pop. But they also have a blue mirrored lens, which is super sporty and cool that I was able to switch to for the second day. Gooder also has so many stylish sunnies starting at just only $25 a pair. All of their sunglasses are 100% polarized, lightweight, comfortable, Lots of cool colors to choose from. And if you're active, like running, cycling, they do not slip or bounce. Plus, there's a one-year free warranty and a 30-day free return policy, 100% satisfaction guaranteed. So if you want to support RealPod and pick up a pair, Gooder is giving listeners free shipping on your first order. I threw a link in the show notes for ease, but you can also go to gooder.com slash RealPod to get free shipping. That's Gooder, G-O-O-D-R dot com slash RealPod. And Gooder offers a 30-day money-back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at Gooder.com slash RealPod and get free shipping today. How old are you at this time? 20. And you were a big part of musical theater in mm-hmm. high school, performer, dancer, singer. And so it's like the ability to move your body in that way is a part of what is your passion in life? Yes. Yeah, I had just finished a show at my community theater, a production of Mamma Mia. And I just remember being like, was that the last time I'm ever going to get on a stage? Was that the last time I'm ever going to like sing, dance, do what literally sets my heart on fire? Mm -hmm. And that sucked. Yeah. And when you say that we, quote, put a lid on it, does this mean... Like, were you not able to call friends, extended family? Like, I guess what, who were we keeping this a secret from? I mean, Alex was really good about updating, like, my close friends and my mom. And she had family fly in. So, like, we, our friends and family knew what was going on. It was more of, like, social media, the news. Mm-hmm. Because there were, the first person on the accident scene was a photographer. <gasps> yeah. That's terrible before like mm-hmm. emergency. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What a like animalistic like violation of your privacy. That's mm-hmm. horrible. Yeah. And my mom looked at him and was like, are you going to help? And just nothing. Didn't say a word. Yeah. That is horrible. Wow. So people are evil. Yeah. So like 
eventually our names got out, but they they really tried to not like share what my injuries were and what my brother's injury were. But then they they kind of figured out, but they got it wrong. They said my brother had the back injury. They said I was like 40. So it was like <laughs> they were trying, but that's so invasive when you're trying to process what's happening to you and other people are just trying to get clicks. Mm-hmm. Wow. I just like yeah. kind of shocked. So, you know, your mom's position in this, she's coming out, you know, healthy without. Yeah, she had a concussion, but she didn't even get that checked out for like three days just because she was like mm-hmm. literally by my side until finally like one of the nurses was like, you need to go. Yeah. Go get checked out. So when did you get discharged? Ugh. Well, I was in the ICU for 12 days. And then I had to go immediately to a different hospital that specialized in spinal cord injury rehab. And it was there there that my dad and I finally got to see each other because the second floor was for spinal cord injuries and the third floor was for traumatic brain injuries. So my mom and my gra- my dad's parents, my grandparents, they coordinated all of that so that we could all be in the same place because he was an hour away from me when we were both in ICU. So my mom was like driving back and forth. And luckily we had other family that was in town that came in town to like stay with me. But it was just too difficult for her to like go back and forth. I could imagine your dad having been the pilot driving the plane. There's an added element of responsibility. Did he feel that way? Did you feel that way? Did your mom feel that way? You know, I think my dad is is always going to have a little bit of responsibility and guilt about that. And he can't remember that day at um, all. So, it, yeah. Wow. So he doesn't know why he did what he did. So I think that even makes it a little harder because he doesn't know if there was something differently he could have done to prevent my injury. And I don't I don't blame him at all because it would be the same as if like he was driving a car and like somebody else hit us or like a tree fell out of the fell down into the street. Mm -hmm. Like it's just an accident and I don't blame anybody. When do you start to turn the page towards more of a hopeful mindset? Well, initially that hope was propelled by my mom. She was like my biggest supporter And she was like, "Okay, we're going to do all the therapies and we're going to you're going to walk again. Like we're going to see all the specialists. And my mom has this like amazing, strong faith. And she was like, we're going to we're going to get through this. And that helped me a lot going through the initial like hospital phase because I was in rehab for six weeks in New Jersey, away from all my friends in Ohio who were starting their junior year of college. Mm -hmm. Alex was starting his junior year of college. And I just felt so behind and like stuck and out of out of place like I felt like I was just plucked from my life that I was enjoying and put into this situation unfairly Mm -hmm. and I remember like I was just like well I can sit here and be miserable about it or I can take this and make something better out of it you know like I didn't want to sit there and be miserable so I remember like sitting in the hospital watching whatever was playing on TV, like Friends or something. And I was like, I've never seen somebody in a wheelchair on TV. Mm -hmm. You know, Ali Stroker had just won the Tony Award. I love her. I saw her on the Glee Project. She's amazing. Love her so much. And 
she was the first person I saw literally on a television screen in a wheelchair that wasn't like a hospital patient Mm -hmm. on Grey's Anatomy. And I was like, that's crazy because there has to be more people out there. And I felt so alone because spinal cord injuries predominantly happen to men, young men in their like 20s, 30s, 40s. So I was like the only young girl on my floor and that like sucked. And I bonded a lot with like my therapists and everything, but like they weren't the ones who could understand like fully. And that left like a like an opening in my life, I think, for somebody who I could like really relate to. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what led me to the Rolettes, which we can get to later in the conversation. But I remember just like seeing the lack of representation and thinking to myself, like, my goal can be to walk again, but I also want to like make the most of this time that I'm going to have in in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. It's tough, too, when you're keeping this hope, but, you know, it's like you'd almost rather have someone look at you definitively and say you will never walk again so that you can properly mourn that and never have the shred of if I had seen a different doctor, if I had gone here, if I had done that. Mm -hmm. I thought that to myself many, many times, many times. Like if there would have been something slightly different, could things have changed? No, just like I wish somebody would look at me and say it's not going to happen. And no one ever did that? Not really. Now, being a few years past the accident, is that the reality that you believe or is are people or is there still hope and you're still rehabbing and there's... You know, I I don't really do rehab anymore. I'm still active. I go to the gym. I keep myself strong. I walk with leg braces. But I don't I don't want to, like, spend my whole life working towards something that, you know, every they say in five years we'll cure spinal cord injury. And then five years go by, nothing. Then they're like, oh, but then this technology, you know, in five years. I'm not going to sit around and wait for it to happen because, like, you know... Life is too short. So you, in other words, have given yourself permission to live a fulfilling and wonderful life in this reality and not wait for someone to invent something that's going to say, now you can get back to your life. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly it. I think it's so amazing that you were literally in the situation, in the hospital, and starting to have these thoughts about representation. I mean, that's like major. I feel like people don't wouldn't get there for year, year two later. Yeah, well, I mean, entertainment is always something I've been passionate about. And, you know, thinking to myself, like, am I ever going to have this opportunity again? Then I think my brain immediately started being like, well, has somebody else done it? Mm -hmm. And after some research, like I've seen that there are people that have done it. But I remember, you know, like when I was before I was disabled, I didn't see anything. And that shouldn't be the norm. Mm -hmm. So I do want to talk about the Rolettes. How did you even, coming from a place of not really knowing many people in wheelchairs performing other than Ali Stroker, how do you come across the Rolettes? I actually discovered them because of you and following you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So my my college roommate, she actually sent me Chelsea Hill's page. Chelsea Hill is the founder of the Rolettes. She founded the company back in like 2012. And she sent me Chelsea's page and I was like, oh, wow, she's really pretty. And she has like such a tiny little wheelchair. 
And then I looked at her page and I was like, she's doing some really cool like dance moves. She's doing like crazy lifts with partners, like lifting her in the air and and like cool hip hop stuff. And I was like, that's so cool. Through her, I found the roulettes and I was like, oh, my God, there's so many of them. <laughs> and I remember just being like, that's so cool. Like, I would love to be a part of something like that. And with the pandemic, they started doing like Zoom dance classes and they started Babas Babe Society which is a mentorship program for women with disabilities. And so I joined that because I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like I can, you know, meet other women with maybe spinal cord injuries or other disabilities and just kind of like learn about like being our best selves. And that program was really valuable for just like learning how to like present yourself and um, achieving your goals. Like it's all about like goal setting and that's like, that's like my thing. So it was great. What sort of impact has the Rolettes had on your life now being a part of it? The Rolettes has just brought like this community of like powerful, amazing women into my life that I didn't even know this community existed before before I was disabled, before I used a wheelchair. And our mission as the Rolettes company is to empower women to live boundlessly and shift perspectives through dance. So the meaning of like We use the term a boundless babe and being boundless babe means, you know, not letting anything limit you. You know, for us, we don't let our disabilities limit us. But a boundless babe doesn't have to be somebody with a disability. You know, you're a boundless babe. Like everything that you stand for (laughs) is like the epitome of a boundless babe. And every year we have this little it's like a little camp, but it's not really little anymore. We had 250 attendees in July. Oh, gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. In July, we have the Rolettes experience. We just celebrated the 10th anniversary. It started with like seven girls in a dance studio sleeping on the floor of somebody's apartment. <laughs> and now it's grown. Love that. We have a giant stage. We do dance classes, makeup seminars. We had a modeling class. We have panels about like game changers in the community, panels about like we're going to have film and representation this year. We're hoping to bring more of like dating with a disability and relationships into the mix. We really just want like a space for women with disabilities to come and feel like their experiences are honored and shared and to learn from each other, you know, like because there's so many things about life with a disability that I didn't know about. Like traveling is like a whole other hassle. As somebody who traveled a lot, like I had to learn a lot of different things about like traveling with my wheelchair and then accessibility, not just for people with mobility disabilities, but also for people who are hearing and visually impaired Mm -hmm. and just like welcoming this community into one big event. We welcome all women with disabilities and it's really cool to just meet people and hear their stories and hear about their experiences growing up with with their disability. We have girls from, you know, age three to age whatever, you know, like the little ones to however old. Like it's one of the favorite parts of my year because everybody just comes together. Okay, if you follow my Instagram, you know that I'm on a bit of a journey fashion wise. You're like, Vic, you're on many journeys. I know, but I'm talking about the fashion journey. Vic's fits, baby. I've recently been thinking more about sustainability and ways to make sure that I can 
improve my wardrobe and have more options, but also do it in a smart way. That's why I'm so excited that Newly is sponsoring the podcast. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $88 a month, I can choose six styles to rent for whatever I have going on. $88 a month for six styles is quite the deal. Newly gives access to thousands of styles from more than 300 brands and some of my favorites, okay, like Free People, Love Shack Fancy, Selkie, Anthropology. We love an anthro moment. And in a range of sizes from petite to 5X plus and maternity, Newly is more sustainable than buying stuff you will only wear once so you can try trends and find new favorite brands before committing to buying them. Plus, Newly is flexible. There's no late fees, damage fees, and the option to pause or cancel at any time, you will have that. So if you're like me and you want more style, flexibility, and sustainability in your life, you need Newly. Get $20 off your first month when you sign up with just the code REALPOD20. Just go to newly.com. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's and enter the code REALPOD20 at sign up to get $20 off your first month. Newly, more life in your clothes. Okay, I promise I'm not kidding you when I say that I was in Hawaii in the ocean, literally trying to get all of Max's coworkers on the AG1 by Athletic Greens hype. No joke, we're in the ocean and someone mentioned AG1 and I was like, oh my God, I take it every single morning. You need to take it. I have a code for you and I can tell you everything you need to know about it because it's the best thing ever. Basically, what I said to them is AG1 is way more than greens, okay? It's all your key health products like multivitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more working together as one. I take it every morning. I just mix it with water. And in just that drink, I get the nutrients and gut health support that helps my whole body thrive and covers all my nutritional bases. I mean, it's made with 75 super high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients that deliver benefits like mood, immune system, sleep support, sustained energy, and so much more. So when I'm taking my AG1 by Athletic Greens every single morning, I just know I'm checking that box of giving my body what it needs. Y'all also know that we're getting a special code here at RealPod. It's athleticgreens.com slash RealPod. And if you type that in online and make your first purchase, Athletic Greens is also going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash RealPod. That's athleticgreens.com slash RealPod to make your first purchase and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Do you mentor some of these cuties? I'm thinking of this little three-year-old. I wouldn't say I'm like an official mentor, but I have taught some of the kids dance classes. And then as far as like my mentors, I really look up to Chelsea as a mentor. Connor Lundius is the team dance captain. I really look up to her as well. And then even Allie, I got the chance to meet Allie before I was a Rolette, but she stayed in contact with me and she's been such a great like resource and inspiration to me. So oh, I love that. From the outside, too, it's a way, it seems, to use your wheelchair as part of your performance and as part of what you're doing and not, tr- you know, trying to like it's embracing it instead of wishing you were out of it. Yeah, exactly. And right around when I found the Rolettes, I had just joined a 
a production at my community theater of Joseph and the Amazing Talking Club Dreamcoat. It was the same team who did Mamma Mia before my accident. And they were like, we need another girl for the ensemble. Like, would you be interested? And I had just gotten home from the hospital like two weeks ago. And I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Like, I didn't know if I was ready to be on a stage in my wheelchair. And, I, you know, before seeing the roulettes, I didn't know how I was going to, like, use the wheelchair as part of the dance. And my mom and dad, they were both like, you need something that isn't therapy. Like, you need something to go to that is fun mm-hmm. and takes your mind off of it. And I was, like, nervous. Like, if if my performance would change, if, like, how people saw me would change. And that was a really, like, scary experience, but so valuable and so rewarding. And with that experience, that was when I went to the news and I said, I'll tell my story, but this is how I'm going to tell it with this story of I'm returning back to what I love to do. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful. I love jo- Joseph. Yes. Joseph and Sons. <laughs> I think they had that I, when I was in middle school. I think I was maybe in the ensemble of Joseph, but I was like in like sixth grade. So I was yeah. not what you were doing probably. <laughs> <laughs> to go back out there, truly, like in the same facility, going to do your makeup. And I remember back at a lot of these stages, there's stairs you're going down. I mean, mm-hmm. those adjustments, like what were you most shocked about in terms of accessibility in your new life that you had not thought about before? Yeah. In the theater, like they built a ramp for me to get onto the set. There was like a like a higher platform. They built a ramp to go up there. And then they had an elevator to go up to the dressing room, thankfully. That was a better experience I've had than in like some other theaters that I've that I've been a part of. But I saw you even posting when you were planning your wedding, having to ensure that the venues were going to be accessible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the venue that we chose, they actually had like a giant freight elevator. So that was really cool. But we immediately knew that like a beach was out of the question just because of like like beaches and wheelchairs like you got to have with the big like rubbery wheels. I was like, I don't want to be in that on my wedding day. (laughs) Like have to deal with all the sand and stuff. So anything like that wasn't on like a paved, Mm -hmm. like hard, smooth floor was kind of out of the question. You mentioned earlier at your wedding, you said our families like kept it together. And then you told me his parents are divorced and your parents are in the midst of a divorce. Dealing with that as an adult, I think, is unique in itself because people might look at it and think, oh, you're an adult now. Like your parents were married for a lot of your life. Like at least you had that. You know, this person's parents divorced and they're six. Like I see you making your face. I'm so curious your thoughts and kind of how you've been handling that. It's one of the most difficult things to go through as a kid. Well, yeah, like you said, Alex's parents got divorced when he was six. So he grew up his whole life with his parents being divorced and Mine have just started this process like a year ago or so. And I think like going through it as an adult, like you kind of wonder if your childhood was was like a lie. Like you wonder what was going on behind the scenes that you didn't know about. But for me, I like to think about it as like my childhood is like in this cute little box and it was like good while it was happening. And and like I have fantastic memories of us all being a family, but Like planning my wedding while my parents were going through that was like hard because it's like, where do you seat everybody where people aren't going to fight and and like have a fit and who's going to walk with who and 
it was it just added a lot of like extra complications that I wasn't really prepared to have. Did you know that this was coming? I didn't. I mean, you know, they say like having a child who's sick or injured can like make or break a relationship. And I unfortunately think that may have been part of what happened with my parents, which is kind of hard to grapple with. But, you know, I didn't really see it coming at that specific time. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like not the greatest timing. But yeah. So was Alex a huge support for you because he has, you know, been there in a sense and could really understand Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember him saying, like, I actually know how to help you with this. <laughs> he was so ha- not happy that it was happening, but he was happy that he, like, at least knew what he could do to provide support. So he's just been so supportive through through the accident, through, you know, the pandemic, through moving to Los Angeles, a new city. He came with me. He's been so supportive of me and my career and my, you know, my health, my mental health, my physical health. He's just been so loving and supportive through all of it. Mm. And how did you manage these different relationships at your wedding? I think there are a lot of people who also are have parents who are divorced, going through a divorce, don't speak. You know, it's tumultuous in a sense. Like, how did you get yourself in a headspace to enjoy this day and to love your mom and also love your dad and, you know, want to be happy? Like, how did you work through that and and? Yeah, what's the advice here? I think, well, I'm really lucky because I have a lot of family who, you know, they each went and talked to my mom and dad separately and they were like, this is Josie's day. Like, you just focus on having a good time and everything. And so I think having people behind you that are more removed from the situation, it was my aunt on my mom's side, having people that are like not, in the thick of it, but close enough to each parent or family member to like sit them down and say, hey, this is so-and-so's day. We want them to have the best day possible. And like, you should also have fun because like your daughter's getting married. Your oldest Mm -hmm. daughter is getting married. So, you know, Alex and I, we spent a lot of time on the seating chart, which is normal for most weddings, but (laughs) we spent a lot of time on like the family seating We ended up like mixing and matching some of our family members because our families do get along. So we just mixed and matched there. I think just like reminding people that it's your day and remembering that the people that love you, they'll show up for you. And if you're if you're worried about something happening, just have an honest conversation about it. Mm -hmm. But I was never worried that they were going to, you know, go at it or anything because one of their goals was to keep the kids out of the out of this mess but also like they love me and they know that it's my day and how important it is to have a good day I'm just kind of thinking about your descriptions of like what was going on the morning before this accident and then sort of kind of where things are now and it's so hard how life can be so great at one point and then the next day there's so much challenge or you suddenly feel like you're at the bottom of some hill and I you know it's just one of those wild things about life is you just never know like when things will change, when things will be different. What have you learned from kind of those experiences that help you in the future and like help you remain strong, confident? And and what have you taken with it? Because obviously, as terrible as some of these situations are, like those are the situations that force us to become stronger. Absolutely. And that's like one of my my like mantras or one of my like things that keeps me going is um like I look at my life now and I 
think to myself, like, this isn't the way I imagined I would have gotten here, but I always wanted to be an actress. And I always wanted to be a performer. And, you know, I don't know if the current path I was on would have taken me there. You know, I was studying psychology. I was going to be a doctor, psychologist. So I just have to remind myself that, like, you know, going through a hard time, like, things are still going to point you towards the good the good things. You know, life is all about, like, the good points and the bad points and just remembering, like, like I found a new purpose. Like, I found something that I'm passionate about and, and I found a community that I can inspire and uplift and fight for better, better, better representation, better, better conditions in the public and better accessibility. Like I found something I could fight for and stand for. And like my life feels so much fuller, you know. Mm -hmm. Does any of that relate to your tattoo? I know I asked you Mm -hmm. about it. You said you'd tell me on the show. So it's a lotus flower with an oodalome. So the lotus flower symbolizes a rebirth. And the little squigglies are they symbolize like the twists and turns of life and then the unalom at the bottom is an unfinished journey and so I got this tattoo around when I graduated college and I just remembered that like everything that I've been through up until this point is part of my unfinished journey I love that that's so freaking awesome and I think it's great when you can create something that like you then look at and gives you hope and like lives on you forever she Mm -hmm. says with an XO tattoo from her mom. <laughs> I need to up my game and having more meaningful no. tattoos. Do you have any others? No, this is just one for now. Yeah. You are also an entrepreneur. You do content creation. You're acting. You're performing. You're a part of the roulettes. So what is it that you hope to accomplish and that like keeps you motivated every day? You said you're very goal-oriented, goal mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I think I was just in a short film that I helped produce that's kind of based on my story and my return to dance and performing. I don't know when that's going to be coming out, but it should be coming out hopefully soon. And I'm excited for the world to see that because I really tried to really make that as authentic and honest as possible. And then for content, I'm just trying to like up my dance game, my acting game. I'm in acting class every week just trying to get there, get myself in front of like as many people as possible. Yeah, because that's the ultimate goal is to to be a working actor. I love that. I see at the next Ali Stroker. <laughs> Hopefully. Josie, thank you so much for coming on the pod. It was such an honor to have you and honestly just get to know you better. I know we've done some collaborations and we follow each other, but I really loved getting to know you and thank you so much. Uh, no, thank you so much. It's been so great to just like talk to you and be a part of like what you're doing for the world. It's oh, amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of RealPod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie, share the love, share the realness. New episodes of RealPod come out every single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To leave a rating or review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with RealPod throughout the week seeing behind-the-scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real.
Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.